Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm back and we've got more podcasts for your listening pleasure. Hopefully you guys are liking the last stuff you heard. Uh, last episode of Pete Skiba was pretty good. We've got another good episode today. Man, they just keep getting better and better and hopefully you guys agree with that. If you do, go on our Facebook page and hit us up, put some comments on there, give us some feedback of what you're thinking about the podcast. Also, uh, any kind of suggestions you have for guests, people you want to hear from, hit us up on our Facebook page, message me through the website at letstalkdubs.com and also we're on Instagram. You can DM me at Let's Talk dubs uh today's episode is going to be jeremy brooks jeremy brooks with loose nuts vw fabrication is out of vancouver washington he did a couple things i mean he was the first guy to grace the cover hot vw's with a patina car not just one but two patina cars and have his daughter on the cover as well so it's a pretty great accomplishment for any of us guys that are out there in the scene and we're looking to kind of make our mark in the scene in addition to that he's been making uh the safaris the loose nut safaris makes them for a ton of different vehicles so check it out uh it's a good podcast coming up and let me know what you guys think give me some feedback don't forget to go rate and review our podcast on every media source that you hear from leave us a good review give us some positive feedback we appreciate anything that we can get from you guys if you guys are going to be coming down to the garden grove dkp meet come see us down there i'll be set up over there maybe doing a live uh, podcast so check us out that'll be down at the dkp meet in historic main street down in garden grove california may 31st so look forward to that until then jeremy brooks Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm Bill T, and today our guest is Jeremy Brooks. Jeremy is from v, uh, is from VW Loose Nuts out of Vancouver, Washington, and you may know him from, he's the guy making the safari kits for the VWs, and he makes a bunch of little cool intricate things that uh, you can take per size and customize your VW, uh, but the big thing is the safari kits, and so I wanted to welcome Jeremy to the podcast. had a lot of people commenting and requesting that I get Jeremy on here and chat chat him up so uh, we mentioned his car before because he's the first he's the first patina car that's graced the covers of the, a U.S. magazine so uh, Jeremy welcome to the podcast sorry man thanks a lot good to be here hey man so uh, we talked about you a while back on the podcast and uh, appreciate you pumping it up on Facebook you know the more the more listeners we get the better it is for all of us and uh, you know we were having a, a round table and that's kind of where we started talking about uh, the Grey Goose and uh, the Dirty Pickle and the, you know, the cars that you had featured in Hot VW. So you kind of been known as like the Patina guy, I guess now, right? Uh, kind of seems to be going that way, yes. <laughs> and so we're gonna get into that a little bit. But the first thing I want to know, kind of thing we start everything every episode off with is, is your VW story. So uh, a, lot, a lot of us being in the scene, we want to know kind of how each person got into the into the hobby. So what is your VW story, and how does Jeremy get into Volkswagens? Uh, I mean, it kind of originally started out as a joke from my stepbrother. Um, my brother and I had the opportunity to go live with our father in Hawaii and spend some time over there. Um, so we moved over to Makaha for a little bit, and my brothers that were here, my stepbrother kind of joked that he was going to go over there be a surf bum, get into Volkswagens, and, and drive some hippie van. And at that at that time, I didn't really know what a hippie van was. I was 15, um, got over to Hawaii. Obviously, we surfed everywhere, and we saw a bunch of Volkswagens. Um, and then got home and kind of decided, you know, those things are kind of cool. 
Um, so I, I didn't really pursue any, but there was a guy that was down the street from us that had um, an old van. At that time, I thought it was just an old van. I didn't know anything about split window buses or, or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I thought it was way cool. Just sitting in the driveway, um, and I, I went and bought them probably, I don't know, every other Friday, if you know, if you would let me buy it, and I get telling no and no and no, and finally one day after about six months, he's like, okay, man, I'm, you know, I'm tired of you pestering me. If you want it, you know, come down to the shop and and uh, we'll talk. And that kind of way it went. There's 550 bucks later. Nice. Uh, I had a '67 uh, split window camper bus back in '88, '89, right in there. Yeah. So, so, so five, so five hundred bucks. You get your camper bus, and is this thing turnkey running driver or something? You got to put money into to get it running and do all that kind of stuff. No, he it was turnkey turnkey running driver. He he said he wanted the motor, whatever motor he had in it. He wanted the motor. He said he'll pull it down to the shop, swap the motor out, go through the brakes, make sure it's running, driving, stopping, and. uh I said, cool. Went down. Mom loaned me the five hundred and fifty bucks, and off I went. And you know, and that's pretty cool. And really, a lot of people start their stories off with usually a bug. You know, a lot of people don't start in the bus because even in the eighties, buses were kind of like, eh, they're not that cool. More, it kind of had that hippie yeah. bus kind of vibe to it. So you end up getting a bus. What ends up happening with that bus? I completely destroyed it. Sold it for five hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> like it, like. 16, 17 year old punk kid. I didn't, I didn't know anything about them. And, you know, I, I drove it around for a while, and we drove it back and forth to the beach. This is when I was back in California, so we drove it back and forth to Santa, to Santa Cruz, and, and surfed and stayed the night in the damn thing. And, and uh, long story short, I wanted a bus with freaking seats in it, so I decided to pull behind a Safeway and completely gut the inside, throw it in all the garbage can. Just trash all the camper stuff. Trashed all the camper stuff, you know. I mean, had I known what I know now, you know, I kind of kicked myself in the butt every day for that. But right, it's what it was back then. So you end up. So so you're. So now this is your 16 at this time when you're getting this bug or this bus. Yep. And so now you evolve eventually getting into beetles and stuff like that or into bugs or what uh i mean from that point forward are you constantly connected to a volkswagen or is there a time when you fade out and then you get back into it um i was always into volkswagens up until um our youngest daughter was born and then uh at that time i had a uh, 66 single cab um that my cousin's grandfather restored and had for many many years and you know back then shoot that was you know, we were broke, had no money, and the bus was all we had. And at that time, it was, you know, it was five of us. So, you know, the single cab didn't really fit the family, and, and the money was a little more important at the time. So sold the single cab, and, and I was kind of out of Volkswagens for probably seven, eight years um, until I got another one. And I ended up going back. When I went back, I ended up getting a uh, 67 square back and nice. kind of started back into it then. So, so there, there was a gap, you know, I took six, seven years out just, you know, raising family and didn't have the money to play with them. Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of a common theme, you know, everybody gets to that point where they're single, like a single dude, and they've got their stuff, and then they get married, and then it's like, ah, it doesn't seem so practical, it doesn't work with the family, yeah. so I'm going to move on from this, And but we're always kind of looking down the road and like, oh man, I'd sure love to have another Volkswagen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, always checking down the side streets everywhere we go. I always have. That's it. So you, you end up pulling back in that sixty seven square back 
and start getting yep. back into it. And then it's like getting back. It's funny because we're out of the scene, then we get back in the scene, then we kind of look in the scene and see who's still around or who's still in the scene and then start making those it new connections. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and where, so where is this at? This is in, is this in Vancouver? Is this in California? No, it was when, uh, it was, it been at that time it was, uh, uh, Vancouver. We were in Vancouver when I got back into it. And that was probably, I don't know, 16 years ago, maybe yeah. 17 years ago, I got back into it. Okay. And it's been pretty hard since. Yeah. So, you, so, so yeah, that's the thing you kind of get into it and then, you, then you get a few dollars, like more than 50 in your bank account. So you start buying <laughs> up one here and one there, turn into the cat lady and start yep. dragging them all home. Uh, exactly you know they're like Making my uh, wife all kinds of happy <laughs> right like what's that attached to the back of your truck like nothing it's just a weekend investment i'm gonna i got a friend that wants it i'm just keeping a couple parts and he gets the rest yeah listen i've been right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> i think we've all been there you know just kind of turn just kind of you know the wheels get turning and, and i think we're kind of lucky because when we get in the scene our scene's pretty cheap we're not into like 67 camaros and stuff like that where you've got to buy yeah. them and you got to pay your money for them so as we go through, we're able to pick them up on the cheap. And even still to this day, I mean, you can still, um, you know, I just heard about a bus bought the other day for a couple grand. And a, a friend of mine just found a bus two days ago, early bullet bullet bus for um, 600 bucks. You know, I mean, it's in a field and needs some yeah. work. But, I mean, kind of my opinion is I, I wish they were still that way and, and people could still you get into the hobby. Yeah, because, cause, you know, the thing is, like, we're all come up guys that get into the scene, I think, you know. And yeah, and, and we have there, there, there seems to be a little more, uh, a little more genuine individual that that's on the come up, you know, they're buying that bug and they're going to build their dream versus just like go to the dealership and buy it done, you know? So yeah, exactly. Right. Just really carves out a different kind of individual that's in the VW scene, which is kind of, which is really the cool part and makes it so unique. You know, we've got so many different people from different lines of work that are in into Volkswagens. You get everything from broke people to, to doctors and lawyers and people that are unbelievably wealthy that build some mega cars, you know? So that's, right. that, that's the awesomeness of the diversity of it. And them being so cheap, it gives everybody the level playing field to start, you know? So, so now yeah, exactly. you can still get into them relatively cheap. No. Yeah. And, that, and, I, and that's kind of my, like, I believe personally, like they should still be a little bit cheap. You should still be able to find someone in someone's backyard and buy a bus for 1500 bucks or, you know, whatever the case is. Right. So, um, so now you get back in the VW scene, you're kind of coming along. And then at the time you get back in the scene, are you into shiny cars, you into patina cars or what year is this? And, and kind of, what are you going through at this time? Well, I mean, the funny thing is that the whole patina thing, uh, you know, and to me is, you know, relatively new, you know, it isn't super old. All of my cars have, which is, you know, hardly all of my cars have been basically the same style, if you will. Before it wasn't patina. It was just a broke kid with a piece of junk, little bolt side, and it was all faded out and crapped out. You know, that's right. just what I could afford, you know. And, and as time has evolved into it, you know, like you said, you know, we get a little bit more money in our bank account. I still like the patina cars. I always have. I've only had one car that res was restored um, that was super shiny. I got it from my best friend, David, um, out of California. That was the nicest one I ever had. It was a 60-euro ragtop. Um, it was a nice car, um, but it bothered me to drive the dang thing. You know, it just I, every little every little thing bothered me that I was going to scratch it or dent it or someone was going to touch it, and, and I didn't particularly care for that. So then I just kind of stuck with what I've always done. I just I buy you know a car and and, and I'm a uh, I'm I'm big on original paint. I 
the the quality of it isn't of the most important to me. Right. But I, I really do like the originality, the story that the car tells. That's you know always been important to me. I can see the nicks and the dings, and they all have a story. You know, and, and maybe I don't know what that story is, but I can sit there and think and kind of, you know, envision of, of how that became what it is. And that's always been, like, important. I, I'm, I'm a lover of old things, um, and I, I enjoy what um, those old things and how they become old and, and how they become where they're at. Um, so the patina thing, you know, I, I really do. I love them. I think they're great. I know they're not everybody's style, um, but it's who I've always been. I've always had, you know, a patina car, if you will. Um, and that's just that's just where I've been. Will I ever change that? I, I hope not. I like them. I like the way that they are. You know, they were painted one time long ago, and, and Mother Nature helped the course of the paint throughout its years. Well, and I just love the story that they tell. Yeah, and and so and then there's also the, kind of the debate with like the fake patina versus the real patina, and then there's that. So as much as it doesn't seem like the show car kind of scene, it still kind of mm-hmm. is to an extent where there's like the subcategories of like, oh, that dude's faking the patina, or like this thing's real yep. or original. But you know, I can tell. I, I you know, a lot of my cars have been shiny in the same respect. I'm not scared to sure. put. I'm, I'm, my my attitude with a finished car is let me show it once and then let me put the scratches on it, you know. And it's you right. Know, oh, and I yeah, you I know. love the show cars. The dudes that put that much effort and time into the car, they're just freaking beautiful. Yeah, you and, know, and, I love them. But I think they need to be driven still. I mean, my attitude is like build it and drive it. You know what I mean? I had, I mean, my my bull run bus has been on the road for eighteen years now. So, and that car has been. That thing's been through everything, you know. And well, I remember when you put it through the bull run, and I remember when you beat the living crap out of it on the off-road course. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was freaking driven. That you sucked. know, and I was like, dude, this guy just built this thing, and he's hammering on it. So yeah. badass. Well, and, st- you know, still, I so I don't know if you know my Gia. When, so when we finished my Type 34 Gia, it was the it was the uh, an, it was the anthracite gray on Cosmics. Okay, it was on the cover right. of Hot VWs. And when I debuted it at the at the DKP meet, you know, I'm parked up there with all these guys that are white gloving their car and all the stuff. And when I left DKP, right. man, I pulled out of there and sent it sideways, pulling out of there because like I didn't build a 2.6 liter Type Four to just you know patty cake the thing around man i'm trying to hammer that thing and so <laughs> right people on. are like dude you're crazy i'm like no i'm driving the car like i built it to drive it i built the five speed to push this thing i did you know and and so for me it's like building them back to start their new life and then i don't believe i mean I, i'm ashamed to say this right now but my bull run bus has been parked out of my garage for like a week now because i, I don't have room for it and i didn't shuffle some cars around but you know uh you know yeah. that car that car gets driven and so you know uh they they get their own character, you know what I mean? And so sometimes I look exactly. at, I, I look at, uh, you know, um, and I, and I've had my fair share of unrestored cars that you buy them, drop them. I had a 66 bug, one of my favorite cars to drive around because like you said, I wasn't worried about it. I'd leave it unlocked, you know, I'd, leave, I'd go to the store, drive it there, you know, big fat turbo motor sticking out of the back, but wasn't really sweating, getting a door ding or any of that kind of stuff. And, and it's really mm-hmm. cool because, you know, having a Volkswagen, we're all kind of the underdog guys. Like we're all from that yep. position. Like we're, we're just looking to kind of surprise people that don't expect what they expect, you know? And, right. you know, and, and having a car that's just, 
in unrestored condition and completely dialed in on the mechanical aspect and then the interior like let's say you dial like the new one i'm seeing you're doing right now that you're dialing the interior getting all that done and leaving the outside the way it was i mean you're making it a comfortable nice reliable dependable car but it correct the car sitting there you know it's got a story and that's kind of the cool part about it you know so i think that i think that's what that's the way i am with mine i like i like the mechanical stuff to all be sound i like i like the shiny bits to be shiny yeah. You know, and, you know, and the brakes and everything to be, you know, well gone through and the interiors to be nice. Now, the great goose or the dirty pickle, that's a little different of an animal. But for the other ones, you know, I, I like the I like all that new stuff with it, the, you know, the, the fancier things. But I like the body to be as it has was found. Yeah. You so know, just, now that you bring them up, let's talk about them. So let's talk about. So one of the cool things that yeah, listen, <laughs> You're the, you're at the same point where, where, where I was when I was on Bull Run. Like when I told my brother, I'm like, bro, but we're the guys that did it. Like we we get to go on because my brother had all kinds of reasons why we shouldn't do it. And I'm like, who cares, bro? We get to be those guys. And then now you get right. to be the guy that's the first guy that has a patina bug on the cover of Hot VWs. You know what I mean? So it it's yep. it gets to be cool. Something you get to put in your in your belt. And I don't care if anybody goes, oh uh, yeah, you know, people always got something to complain about, but. Everybody gets into this because we're looking to be part of something, be part of the scene, and we want to make whatever impact we can. Now, you're doing that in two ways, one through the car you built and then changing, having the magazine accurately reflect what's been out there in the scene for a little while now, and you get to be the guy that kind of gets to christen the magazine, if you will, with that, you know, yep. the, the patina cars right. on the cover. And I saw the post you did on Facebook today, which was pretty cool. I dig that post so much where it's like you hit them up and you're like, hey, guys. I'd like to get my car featured. What do I got to do? Because that's what all of us do. All of us sit in the 7-Eleven when we're kids, chewing gum and look at the magazine like one day I'll be in there. You know what I mean? One of these days. Yeah. And so you get your card. You hit them up. You're like, hey, man, you know, let's shoot Let's shoot uh, my car for the magazine. They're like, you know, we don't really do patina rides, whatever. And then circle now back to new ownership of the magazine. Maybe Bam, it's de- front cover. And it yeah, and it's and it's debatable. Maybe they've maybe the new owners have their finger on the pulse of what's on the mag what's hot, what's cool right now, and what I don't even want to say what's hot, what's cool right now. It's all part of the evolution of the scene. You know, you have the early cow look days and then you have the Hawaiian style, and you have all this stuff that just kind of goes through these ebbs and flows as the individuals who have similar tastes are going through it. So I, I hate to call it a fad because it's not really a fad. It's kind of it's kind of the way the scene is evolving. You know what I mean? And right. There's I, a. I agree. I mean, it's I, people can call it a fad, but I don't particularly see it that way. It's who I and my rights have always been. So I mean, that fad to me is you know freaking twenty six, thirty years old. Yeah, it, but that's you know? the thing. You know, so, you know, you get people that have a different, and that's the awesome thing about this hobby. People have a different appreciation of. You know, some guys are cow look guys, some guys are German look guys, some guys are vintage, some guys are this. But it's like you take the crazy part is you take that same little Beetle, the same little VW group of cars, and you got fourteen different subcategories of how people like to design them, and that's that's the individual um, personality that these cars have, and they speak to all of us on different levels. So, talk to me about um, when you're getting so you, you got two cars you got the well the first two cars the two cars that were featured we're going to talk about we're talking about the gray goose and the dirty pickle what's the story yep. on those two cars and 
and then give me the the point where you get, build those cars and then you get get them on the cover of hot VWs. Uh, well, the the dirty pickle is, is that you know is on the cover with my daughter. Um, that car originally was you know the story. I talked to the guy that found the car in the field. 30, 40 miles south of the Canadian border where it was sitting on its top, completely stripped for 30 years. You know, it was just sitting out in the field. There was a couple cars. This one was totally discarded. Um, and it was just it was just sitting there. It literally was just the body just the, and the driver's door and the steering column. Nothing else on right. the car. No, no anything else. And, you know, the, the oval window has always been the car that I had never owned. You know, I've owned... I don't know how many, I, I, how many Volkswagens, and probably twenty or so up into getting that uh, oval window. And so, you know, I put a feeler. Out. I was like, dude, hey, you know, I'm looking for an oval window. I want to, I want to try and get one. You know, and, and it happened for about a year. I kept looking, and then I finally gave up. And then a friend of mine emailed me that this guy up in uh, the Seattle area has a '56 oval window that he just wants to give to somebody for free. Wow. And I was like, dude, I mean, I'll be it. But the guys, you know, the whole guy's uh, ad was like, I want to give it to somebody, but I'm not giving it to anybody that's going to strip it down and sell it parts. He needs to build it. Right. And long story short, I ended up being that guy. I, I got the guy's contact info, which has become one of my best friends. The guy's awesome. We, we talk all the time still. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, and I, I emailed and said, hey, you know, I want your car, um, and I'll be – it was like on a Tuesday. And I said, I can come up anytime and come pick it up. So we made an agreement to come up and pick it up on that following weekend. So drove three and a half hours to pick up this car that was – it was just the body. He had it sitting on just a random pan, and he had just boxes of parts that he'd been collecting. He'd had it for like five or six years. Yeah. And um, – Ended up bringing it home, and it was an oval window. Dude, I just, like, I scored the lottery in my book. You know, I got an oh, oval yeah. window. Fine, finally got an oval. Right. And it was, dude, it was just, I mean, it was tore down bad. The bottom six inches of the car was completely rusted. It had been on its top for I don't know how long, and the roof was caved in, which all leads to why it has a rag top in it now. Yeah. You know, and replaced the whole six inches bottom six inches of the car put it on the pan that he had that he gave me and then years later a couple years later i found an original 56 pan so i repanned it to the 56 pan nice you know and it just kind of slowly building it the way that i wanted it and i'd always wanted to build a car that at what what i thought at the time wasn't really out there you know and and maybe it was but I, i you know i still was somewhat new to you know, the whole forum stuff. I've been around and Facebook was relatively new to me at the time. I'd been around for a year or two, but, sure. you know, so I, did, I didn't have the internet experience of what was out there. So I just wanted to build something that I thought was just awesome to me. Yeah. And I've never, I've never cared what anybody thought about my stuff. I, I don't, I don't really care what anybody thinks about my stuff. Yeah. I, I build it for me, you know, and, and that, and that's it. So I, I built it and it was, you know, it's a rusty pile, honestly, you know, and I, I built it back to where it could be driven and then you know just one thing led to another i I wanted a safari window in it at that time never seen one in an oval window right 
and what I've learned now is they've been around for a long time. But at the time, I didn't know anything about them. I knew the Safari Windows existed because I purchased one from Wolfgang International for the blue bug that I got from my best friend David. Put one in it, and I was like, dude, I'm building one for this car. Don't know how I'm going to, but I'm going to build And I had already built one for a car previous to that, but it was, you know, a cobbled up, you know, little mess. Sure. But this time I wanted to build a right one. And then I spent freaking weeks trying to figure out how to build a Safari window and ended up building that. And then I was like, well, let's put some, let's make some side windows and so forth and so on. So I did the front sides and the rear, Yeah. you know, and it was, to me, it was new at the time. So I kind of put all the things that I wanted on it. The Aussie flash trim is original Aussie flash trim that I had sent over from a friend um, who's become a friend in Melbourne, Australia. We did some trade work. He sent me the trim. I've been looking for that and always thought that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So, you know, now I've got this car that was like, dude, this is, this is what I've dreamt of driving this car forever. And I was just, I was happy. The car will never be sold. It's not even mine anymore. Yeah. You know, so it, it's, it's going to stay in the family forever. And it was just, just loved it. And then, you know, the, the gray goose kind of came around just by chance a friend of mine you know that was locally um needed some needed some help some money for some uh college tuitions for his daughter i did i'll buy the car and it was the same thing it sat in the field forever in uh, northeast um washington yeah and uh i thought all this cool crap that i put on the dirty pickle i want on the gray car also i want a twin car just gray right and but, you know, the, the Dirty Pickle, we didn't have any interior in it. You know, I just it was just bare metal seats because at that time, that's what we had. That's what we ran. Sure. But the gray one I had now had built up EW Loose Nuts Safaris to a point where, you know, I had a little bit of extra money, if you will. I was like, well, let's, let's make the gray one. Let's just take it another step. Let's redo the interior. Um, make it all new. Um, really polish it out, put the same trim on it, all the same stuff, but, you know, have it kind of a shiny, you know, patinaed car, if you will. Right. And I think the whole story with both of those cars, how it became the magazine or on on and in the magazine is, you know, it was two cars that were built very similar by one person. And then you just, you drop the story that the father gave the, car that has become what it is yeah um for her 18th birthday and shin you know from hobby w's message he's like dude we got to do something and he was actually talking with you know the photographer sure um chadley about the same thing he's like we got we got to feature this we got to discuss this this is kind of where the scene is um or where it's been and, and maybe where it's going for a little while yeah so you know, we did a big photo shoot, you know, and I thought it was cool that, you know, I was going to be in the magazine and, you know, they were going to feature a father-daughter kind of thing and, and the story behind that. And I just thought that was awesome. And then, you know, long story short, we went through the whole thing and the magazine came out and my daughter and I, neither of us knew about the cover. I mean, <laughs> neither of us knew it was going to be on the cover. That was, Chadley met me at uh, the Volkswagen show up in Seattle and says, hey, the magazine's out. I've got one of the first copies. Nobody has it. I want to meet you at the show, give it to you. He did a little production, 
with me um, as presenting the magazine, open it up, open up the paper, and, and I'll be damned if it wasn't, you know, my car and my daughter, her car at that time. Right. On the cover of freaking Hot VW's magazine. Yeah, how'd that feel? You know, just, dog, oh, dude, I shed a tear like you. I'm freaking choking up right now talking about it. Right. I mean, let's I mean, you know? it's it's funny because it's that's what brings us all back to being the same guys. Like, that's our goal. Like, we're sitting there looking at those yeah. magazines, wishing one day we'll be in the magazine because that's the benchmark that's set there for us. And when we finally get there, it's funny because some people are like, oh, yeah, that dude's all stuck up or whatever. He was in the magazine. That's not the deal, man. We're all the, still the same guys, man. Some of us get lucky and some of us don't. But it's like it's the hard work and it's the affirmation of that hard work, man. And it's just like. It's it's what right. we see as the pinnacle, you know. Correct. It's kind of like it, it's that moment, like, damn, I made it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and making it making it means something different to everybody. You know, it's not the same making it to everybody, but sure. for me, it's like, damn, we did it. We yeah. Did yeah. It. We did something that nobody's done yet. Nope. Like, that 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 listen. That's the that's part of the. That's part of the the story that just makes it so great is that you're able to do that in a magazine that was a couple of years before was was going to be out of business. They were headed to put it, it out was. of business. It got picked right. up and 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 reestablished by some guys that thought, hey, you know, these guys are the the old regimes on their way out, and and they're kind of missing the mark, and that's why maybe magazine sales were slumping, or who knows what the deal was. But these guys come out and. Sure. I think a lot of us believe that the magazine is a little more diversified now. It's got a little more balance to the hobby and not take anything away from the other guys, but sometimes you got to have a different vision. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, you that's... Do. So, sometimes you got to show stuff that maybe isn't your taste, but you know, maybe there's a huge percent of the, you know, enthusiasts that, enjoy seeing that and you can't just cater to one side if you will not that anybody was or wasn't but you just can't you know at some point you got to turn left you yeah. know and you got to show the people on the left you know hey we still like you guys you know this is you know this is cool also you know let's let's show everybody everything and i think that's what makes the community in the Volkswagen community, some of the, the best is, as like you said before, there are so many different styles and all of those styles make up the community. Sure. You know, and you can't just, you can't just leave one outer, you know, and I would be lying to you if I said that I didn't like their style or I don't like this, you know, right. as long as somebody does something well and proper, you know, it, it's great. That's what you love. Yeah. Freaking rocket. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it's part of, you know, we look for this, we, we get motivated, we see the magazine. And then when the magazine doesn't really, when the magazine starts to not reflect what's out there, I, I think, like I equate the, let's say the acceptance of the patina rides, like giving them a place officially, let's say through the magazine, although we don't need the magazine to affirm that in our hobby, because it's pretty well stated already, but once that happens, yeah. it's kind of like that American Idol thing for Volkswagens. Like the guy right. in his garage building can get it in the magazine. You can get it there. It's going to take some discipline. It's going to take hard work. It's not like you just because sometimes there have been cars in the past, let's say in the 80s and 90s that were like they were fantastic 10 footers. And that's all that mattered because you were only looking at it from 10 feet away and the detail right. wasn't there. And then a lot of, like like your car 
there's a lot of detail put into it to make it dialed in roadworthy and make it, you know, make it have that theme throughout. You know what I mean? So, sure. yeah, um, exactly. But I think that that making it seem so attainable, in my opinion, that's like a huge shot in the arm to the scene because now the guy who's there at home building his car is like, man, maybe I can get in there. I mean, I remember my brother was crushed, man, when in uh, ninety, I think it was um, in ninety four, maybe ninety ninety seven. He, my brother George, his square back took first place at the Jamboree, and it took first place at the VW Classic. And it was a black square back, white roof, two liter, fully polished alloys. And he was just like waiting, waiting, waiting. And finally just goes up to the magazine like, hey, man, can we get my car shot? You know, I got first here and I got first there. And uh, and that was my brother's driver. You know what I mean? And like like he really worked yeah. hard to get it dialed in. And the guy's like, no, nah, we don't shoot black cars. <laughs> and my that's brother crazy. was just so mad, dude. He was like, because that's what we do. You know, we we, we look at that. And that's kind of our goal to attain that level of like I made it. But the great part is, right. with, is with the magazine now doing that and showing these features. I think it's a huge boost to the a boost to our scene and getting a lot of people super motivated in their cars. Because some people give up and think like, man, I'll never have like a shiny show car. We don't need that. If the right. magazine is reflecting the scene, that's part of the scene. You know what I mean? I think, and I think that's what's the important thing is it's, it's not it's like you just need to focus on what the whole scene is, you know, and and you know, like you say, it is everybody. Everybody from a small garage can can actually make it. Well, yeah, you know I mean, mean it, it, they, it's they, possible. Yeah, they they all go, and so and this is a perfect segue into our next conversation. So they all start building this car in the garage. We all have day jobs. We do what we do. And then we see a product and we go, well, no one's making this. You know what? Screw it. I'll make it. I'm, I'm going to go make this. And now we transition into now you start, you know, VW Loose Nuts and you're making the safaris and doing that kind of or started off making them for yourself. And then there's right. like a demand for it. And you're like, I don't really want to make this for somebody else. And because your thought is probably like, look no one's going to want to pay my time to make this thing because I'm going to make it right. And it's not something you can just bang out super quick. I mean, talk to me yeah. about how you decide that you're going to get into making the safaris. It, in, in terms of making them for people, you're, you're exactly right. I had no, I had zero intentions on making them for people. That wasn't the, the initial thought in this. Um, the initial thought was, is I want one for my car because I thought they were awesome. Uh, and, and at the time of when I made the one for the dirty pickle, I had no clue that anybody, that they were even on oval window cars. I knew of Wolfgang international stuff right. and their 58 to 64 stuff. I knew of, you know, in those years that I could get one, but I didn't know anything about any other years. So it started out just me making mine. And then my best friend, David in California, um, you know, he had a beautiful car and I was like, dude, let's just, let's, you know, I, I'll make one and, and I have a Chrome guy here or actually I didn't even have a Chrome. I had him Chrome it cause I didn't know anything about Chrome in that area. So right. I made him one and sent it to him. He got a Chrome to put on his car while him being in freaking LA, you know, kind of brought some attention that, Oh, there's a guy that makes them for an oval window, you know? And again, you know, what I know now, as far as who, was making them or isn't making them prior to me is different than what I knew at the time. So right. I made him one 
And then the funny story is on how actually this started with me making for people is my friend Scott, who's now my friend Scott in Australia. Yeah. Bugged and bugged and bugged me for six, seven months to make him one for his car. And he was going to put it on a fancy car. And I'm like, dude, I've, I've made it for myself. I made it for my best friend who, you know, is in L.A. And I said, they're, you know, they're great, but, you know, I don't personally know if they're great enough to put on a $35,000, $40,000 completely restored car. Right. I don't know if I was comfortable in doing that. That takes a level of craftsmanship that I didn't know if I was there yet. Yeah. So we went back and forth six, seven months, and then he sent me a picture. The funny part is with the Aussie trim. He sent me a picture of the car that he was going to put it on. And what do you know? He has the Australian flash trim that is now on my on my car. Yeah. He had it taped on his car to show me what he was going to put it on. And I was like, Scott, dude, I've been looking for that trim forever. How can I get some? Blah, blah, blah. Long story short, he goes, I'll tell you what. I'll trade you this trim for a Chrome Safari. <laughs> I'm like, seriously? He says, yeah. I said, fine. Dude, I've been looking for that trim forever. I'll, I'll make you one. And I says, but I need three or four weeks to make, like, a proper jig, you know, so I can make it and it'll be okay. Sure. And he agreed. I made him one. And after I made the jig, you know, it the first, for his, it took me all freaking weekend to make. Started Friday, finished Sunday. That's how long it took me to make this after making the jig. And then people saw his and wanted them. I'm like, dude, I'm, you're, I'm not going to spend – my whole weekend after i get off work right to build one safari i says who's gonna you know the amount of hours that i put into that if a guy was to charge by the hour you know it'd be a freaking huge expensive thing four grand for a set (laughs) yeah exactly right so and then it kind of evolved and i made another one and i was like okay so i found a little trick made it a little faster and you know long story short i figured out how to make them you know, a little bit faster. And it's like after about the fourth or fifth one of me making, you know, I kind of had it down to where I could make one. And it's like, okay, so maybe there's like a demand for this. You know, maybe this is like a cool thing that, you know, people are wanting for all their cars. And, you know, it just evolved into, damn, it's just gotten a little, little big. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I, I had no vision of it becoming what it's become. You know, I, I had no clue, but, you know, it all started out with me, honestly, being broke, being cheap, and not wanting to see if I can find someone to make it for me. Right. I felt I was crafty enough that I could figure it out. Yeah. And that's truly where it started. It's just a broke guy in a small little garage, no money, trying to figure out how to make it how he wants it for himself. And it's just one thing into another and people what people don't don't know is everything that i've built or build is still out of my little 24 by 24 garage yeah no you know but there's there's something to be said for that because what people don't understand is you 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 know that there's those signs they have in the mechanic shop do you want it good do you want it cheap do you want it fast you know but you can't have all three which way do you want it if you want it good it's not gonna be cheap and it won't be fast you know what I mean? But if you want right. it, if you want it cheap, it's not going to be good, but it will be fast. You know, so <laughs> there's there's kind of that that you know that that saying, but in reality, you know, 
taking the time to hand build some stuff like this, you know, when your name goes on it, there's a lot of pride that's going to be behind making that for you. And, uh, and you I know, agree. when you get it delivered to somebody, that's the thing. And so sometimes looking at it from the business standpoint, you know, cause, cause you have another line of work that you're in and in that business, people have an expectation of quality and an expectation of price. And there's other people that do that same thing and they, and there's expectations that are out there. But when you're doing something boutique like this, like something that's specifically custom made per vehicle, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big deal. And to be able to find that first in the USA, second, an artisan that can actually do that, it's a little, it's a little bit of a, you know, a lost art anymore. So, you know, the, the, the reality that someone can actually buy those things is pretty awesome. And I, you know, I was looking at your website and you got it right. You're putting the customer notice, like, look, it's going to take you some time to get this. That's it. Like, don't, don't call me hassling. Like, don't like, if you want it, you got to wait for when you can get it. You know what I mean? But this, right. it's, it's a good practice because the first thing you're doing in business is you set the expectation right out of the gate. Like, look, expect for this to take some time because this isn't production knocked out and, and, and blown out where I'm just pumping out a bunch of sets. And, you know, there's there's always that transition when you move into something like that where you'll lose some of the quality because of production speed or, you know, or, yeah. or all those things that, that when you start to process it that may suffer to some extent when you can't give that attention to detail. Now, with your windows, um, you send a kit to somebody and then they put their own window in it? Correct. Uh, and, I, and I did so, that. So that's a whole I, nother I, ball of worms right there. It, it is it is a little bit of ball and worms. It is a little bit of work on the purchaser. And, and I've, I opted to do that for, for two reasons. Um, the first reason was is I do ship worldwide. Yeah. If you've ever shipped glass to Egypt, uh, there's a good possibility it's not going to make it. Yeah, if you it's not going to make it. Anywhere in the world, there's a good chance it's not going to make it. And, you know, that becomes problematic for for me and the customer, sure. Um, you know, and I, I, I equated that to is like, well, we can have the, the problem of the broken glass, and and now I've got to try and fight with the insurances from the shipping company, and then you have to ship it back to me because now I have to install a new glass, and we got to go over this process again and hope that the second one makes it. So, I opted to not provide glass uh, for that reason, but the other reason that I really chose to do it. It's a it's a fifty fifty in my opinion I guess is the shipping problem, but I also when I made mine for my cars I had the original glass in my car. It's you know the original glass. It's and, a little and to thicker. Me, that was important. A little thicker yeah, and have, a little tougher. To have those little etches that that show that it's Volkswagen glass. And my thought was like I still have the Volkswagen glass. So I had a couple thoughts and it's like I wanted the Volkswagen glass. I wanted to use the bus latches. I wanted to use the bus tabs. I wanted to use as much as I could to emulate what a Volkswagen split window bus safari window looked like and side pop outs looked like. And I did that because I wanted to give maybe the illusion or the thought that this could have been possibly an option Sure. from Volkswagen. So you have original glass, you have the same latches, you have the same uh, things as the bus one. So, you know, I, I wanted to go that route because it, it really looked like maybe this could have been something. Maybe this was an option 
you know, and it kind of gives that illusion that maybe it could have been. And then I also thought of like, well, you know, maybe a guy puts this on a car and the next owner can't stand it. They think it's the dumbest thing ever, but the car was awesome enough that they bought it. They can remove the glass from the frame and put it back in the car with yeah. original seals. Back to original. Sure. You know, that was my mindset and thought in doing all of that is, you know, to give, you know, a fake illusion, if you will, that, you know, it was yeah, it could a have been a factory piece. Now, yeah, that it came from the factory that way. And damn, I didn't, I didn't really want to send glass to Australia. That was where the first one I sent, other than my best friend, was Australia. Yeah. I'm not sending glass to Australia. You're crazy. And so now, when you were developing this and coming up with this product, what's been your biggest challenge to overcome with, with design and development of, this, of these safaris? Uh, actually, just making sure the design and the development, but the biggest part was is making sure that every single one was basically the same as the last, you know, it's, you know, they, you know, it's, it's really just refining the jigs that I use to shape my metal with and, you know, and making sure that every single one comes out and finishes um, just like the last one did. So there's, they're all similar, you know, and then I wanted to put a little tag on it that signified, that they were mine so i put the ln initials in the side bracket the original early ones didn't have that yeah i saw that so i i wanted there so where it's like you know you would know that that's one of mine you know and and uh just little design changes in that way and then i decided to do a little more design changes for the cars that are you know 68 and later that have the, the padded dash you know where I found that you couldn't put the lashes down on the bottom where the rest of them are because you couldn't put a dash tab down. Right. You know, so we relocated those to the side on the A pillar. So they're just below the, the, the sliders on A pillar. So they attach there so you can lock it, not mess with your dash. Yeah. You know, just trying to refine some little things that way. So they, they work with, you know, with, with everybody. Sure. Sure. And so, I see you. I mean, you've got them on here for caddies. You've got them on here for bay windows. You've got them on here for convertibles. I mean, you've got them on here for just about anything. So, in reality, I mean, that's a pretty broad scope of stuff that you've got. I mean, you've even got the third window on yeah. a Type Three, the rear window on a Type Three, and so you know that's uh, that's quite a variety. And I'm sure each one of those is a, to to make your first prototype set. You're still it's still costing you a full weekend to make your first prototype set, maybe even longer, depending on what it takes to make the jig on those. Um, so my, so, so my question is how are they as far as like being waterproof? How do they, how have they been holding up? Has that been a challenge to try to try to get them as, I mean, my bus safaris, look, I got two buses with two sets of safaris and safaris leak period. I mean, that's the equation. That's what I've come up with, you know? Right. And that's, and that's the first, that's one of the first things that I put out there is if, if, they aren't, I'll be blunt with it, they aren't going to be watertight. Right. They, they aren't going to be waterproof. It, I don't believe that to be possible sure. in these. In, in terms of your, for the front ones, you're, you're making a stationary window become operable that otherwise shouldn't be in the front of the car taking all of the abuse from the water and weather. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, if, and if you think, just like your buses, if, you, if people, I would hope, think that they can't be. So that's the first thing is I would I would never tell people that they're going to be waterproof. Right. Personally, I, I believe that to not be the truth. 
Yeah. And, well, and I don't want to sell something to somebody like, oh, yeah, great, watertight, just do this, and it, it's great. That's that's crap. It's, it's not going to be. These are a, a niche, a really a, a showpiece, a jewelry piece. Yeah, it's a, bo- um, it's a boutique item. It's a boutique item. It I mean, custom made for an aesthetic purpose. You know what I mean? And so, Correct. I mean, listen, it definitely changes the look of the of the vehicle by a long shot. I mean, especially if you're in like just slow cruising your car and doing some stuff like that. It's pretty awesome. And people, you know, and that's a good thing to get out of the way is like let people know like, hey, man, this is aesthetics and they're not going to perform the same as a sealed in window, you know, because there's no disclaimers like that on safaris. You just buy safaris for your bus and you find out they leak when you take your when you're washing your bus. But I mean, at the end of the day. Right. They just leak. It's just you've got an you've got an opening window that's got a different seal than the side glass. It doesn't have that flap on the side, and so right. it's difficult to do that with a curved window and be able to have that ceiling flap on there where it'll actually seal it in. You know, so correct. But listen, um, you know, it's just it's it's like I guess it's just part of the it, it's just part of what you get when you're doing this. You know what I mean? So. Um, it's, it's custom work. Sometimes there's there's sacrifices that one makes to have something custom. Whatever that sacrifice is can be different depending on what custom application you're doing. This one just happens to be is it's it's going to whistle a little bit with some wind. Uh, and if you can hear that, then you have a really tight Volkswagen to begin with. Right. But right. you know you're going to have you're going to have a, a little bit of water. Now it doesn't mean that water gushes in. But it is going to drip and it is going to leak. If anybody that owns a bus, I've owned them, you own them, many people own them, they know when you have a safari, the chances of them leaking are about 99.9% chance. Oh, no doubt. Part of it, you know, and it sucks. You have to manage it. You have to maintain it. If you get water in, you need to dry it. Yeah. You know? Well, listen, and it's it's good to, you know, to have that conversation and and let people know that because, you know, listen – when you're in the business, it's the most important thing is setting that customer expectation, saying, "Look, these are these are custom built things that are done for aesthetic purposes, and there's a high probability if yours doesn't leak, consider yourself one of the lucky ones." I mean, I tried yeah. when we were, when we were on bull run in my bus, man. I tried everything. We were going through a rainstorm, and I mean, I stopped at the store. I bought Vaseline. I popped the windows open. And I just coated the whole lip with Vaseline, thinking it would repel the water. That didn't work. I mean, I couldn't get anything to work on those things, but. Look, it's just part. It's part of the deal, man. When you go that way, when when you're, when when you got to pay the cost to be the boss, and if you want those windows, that's what it's going to take. <laughs> so sometimes, yeah. So, um, how many sets of these do you think you've made so far? I have no clue. I mean, three hundred maybe. How many? Three hundred probably. Wow, wow. I usually so I you know I I keep track of I don't specifically keep track of the amount but i do keep track of my latches you know how many latches do i did i buy uh in the year now right. that doesn't take into consideration my side pop-outs those don't take flashes but on on a on a good year i'm buying 160 pairs of latches and i go through them so i'm, I'm, I'm at least building 160 ish a year front or rear safaris and then throw in, you know, probably another 35 sets of side pop-out. So I'm, you know, I'm right there on on an average 100 and, I don't know, 60 probably a year. and Something like that. And, and how does it make you feel when you go to a car show and you see a car for a person you've never met in person you see that running your windows? Oh, dude, I freaking love it. I think it's the coolest thing. 
Right. I mean, it's just, it, you know, and a lot of times, you know, I mean, we all, we all know each other via phone calls or Facebook or sure. Messenger, but we, we don't know the person, you know, when you, when you see their face, you know, there's, there's probably, you know, a ton of my customers that have purchased them having a freaking clue what I look like. <laughs> or who who I really am, you know. So when right. when I see it there, they're you know they sit and I've talked with a couple people. They're talking about it, and they're, you know they they're enjoying what they have. And then you know we talk further, and then we like at that point we introduce ourselves, and they're like you can see the look on their face. It's like oh dang, you know yeah you're Jeremy. You're the guy that made it. And, I, and personally, I just think that's I think it's awesome. I, I, I'd be lying. If I said I didn't feel it was awesome. Well, and, and you know, the reality is everybody in the scene starts out as an enthusiast. And then if they can translate, like, look me, I, I've got a full-time day job. I've got plenty of, plenty of things other to do than this podcast. I do this podcast because right. our hobby needs this podcast. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of us that, that like listening to podcasts. And if we can find a podcast that's got content that we care about, that we want to hear about, and then what it does to the better, the more important thing to me, what it does to the VW community, because there's so many people, you know, myself and people that I know that are included, like, you know, people like hit me up online, like, hey, man, I dig your car, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And then I'll go to a show and like I'm there at the show, roll in last minute. And then I'm 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 like, I don't even get five feet from my car and I can't even. And I'm talking to a buddy or another guy because I've been in the game so long that I've got a lot of friends. And so, like, I'll stop and talk right. and then people kind of don't get the opportunity to know you. And it's like I've had the opportunity through the hobby to meet tons and tons of people, man. And that, and because we all start from that core beginning, we're all the same broke dudes trying to have something cool on a budget. And when we get to a point, it's like we still appreciate the Volkswagen where it's like, I'm getting my bug or I'm getting my bus and I'm going to build it. And people are like, dude, you can afford like a super nice car. Why are you driving that? Like, cause that's me. Like that's who I am with right. that car. And so the right. cool part about being able to do this and becoming and evolving into being part of the scene is that we all get to leave our mark to some extent. And that's, and, and that really is the awesome part. And, and, and people can follow their passions. And if, to what degree they get involved, they get involved and they'll always be that history that they were part of. You know what I mean? Right. That you can't take that back. I mean, I, I remember seeing a, they make a, uh, somebody came up in Nevada was, and they made a, an oil filler adapter and it screwed on with a single twist and it was a 90 degree elbow to put oil in your engine. It was called, and it was called uh, ATI, About Time Inc. And it was made out of Las Vegas, but it was like this little cast 90 degree elbow for your air cleaner. And it's funny because some people have started collecting those, but it's like some dude in his garage here in Vegas probably was tired of pouring oil all over his motor. And like, I'm making a 90 degree adapter for this thing, but it's like, so those have kind of become a little bit collectible. And then one day, you yeah. know, people say like, you know, 40 years from now, man, when you've moved on from doing this, someone's going to go, oh man, I got original set of loose nuts. Like, dude, you want them? Like I found them like all original. So it's just <laughs> such a cool part to be able to, be involved in that snapshot in history for the right. time that, that we're here doing this because all these cars, all these things will eventually one day move on to other people and we're just temporary caretakers of these things right now. And so right. the, the cool part is being able to, to, to kind of set your mark and be part of the scene. And then it pushes you even further now to get a new car, something different and something kind of cool and got to find just the right thing. And let's talk about that. I see you're building something right now. You got a uh, yep. you got a blue. Was a sixty six? 
62. Six, 62? Oh, okay. Yep. Blue 62, you started building. I see it on, I see it on Facebook. And uh, you just got done with the interior on it. I see you put a man's motor in that thing. I see it's got a big Type 4 in there. So Yeah. <laughs> I, I, dude, I'm, listen, I got a Type 4 coming out in my split window. And I got a, and a, a Type 4 in the back of a Volkswagen is like a V8, man. I don't know if you've driven one it's, yet with a Type 4 in the back, but. I, mean, I have. So while I had that, I don't know if anybody's seen, I had that Mark 1, uh, 77 Mark 1 Rabbit orange yeah. on a bug pan. Uh, oh, that's yours? That I drove around. Yeah. With the Safari windows, that's mine. So that's your, and so then, hold on. So did you do that? Could, did you build that car? No, my uh, one of my very good friends, uh, David, actually married the body to the pan. Yeah, um, I'm and like he got done. Bro. He got done marrying those two together, and I was like, dude, I got to have that. I, I want to finish that out. I want I want to make it my style and put my twist on that thing. And and I ended up taking it over, and and uh, he did a fabulous job putting the two together. And then it was just me taking it to the next level with with all of my other stuff and. And I put that Type 4 motor in the back of it. And, man, that sucker screams down the road like you can't believe. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I, I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, like, I saw one like that when I was at the European Bug-In. Uh, not European Bug-In, but I was at, uh, I was at um, Volks World Super Show. And there was, like, a like a dark blue or purplish one that was all yeah. laid out. I'm like, oh, check out this Mark 1 Rabbit. And then I'm, like, rolling around. I'm like, bro, he's got a, he's got a, bu- a bug motor in this thing. Like, this thing's on a VW chassis. And uh, I was thinking, like, dude, that's so much work. That has to be so much work. I mean, I could be wrong, oh. but I'm thinking, like, that's a gang of work to do that, dude. It's a gang of work. I'm <laughs> not, yeah. David spent some time putting those two together. And it's, you know, it's on a half roll cage on the inside, so it's mostly a tube chassis Yeah. that holds kind of everything together. Um, and then I just took it to the next level. And, you know, so, you know, that motor – is actually what's in the 62 now i pulled it out to put in that 62 it was like shoot up you know i mean it, it that whole motor and everything started because the 62 when i got i was gonna basically make another gray goose just blue right same wheels same everything and i got uh paul Iazio from Iazio wheels i have those wheels that yeah. he made that are going on the porsche and they're freaking huge wheels and i'm like dude what would, what would it be crazy if these fit the bus it would just be crazy right so i kind of got the car up on jacks and i put the rear wheel on which is an 18 by 10 with a six inch offset and i put the adapters the from uh the wide five to the porsche lug yeah and i bolted them on and i'll be damned if they they spun they didn't hit anything so I was like, right. okay, let's put the fender on so I put the fender on, and I'll be damned if it didn't tuck like it was perfect. So oh, they're yeah. like, oh, no, these wheels, are, these wheels are going on the bug. We'll they figure right. out the horse when we get to that point. These, this is just crazy. Yeah, dude, and they then, look so – I, I, they're gangster. I'm looking I'm looking at them right now on your Instagram, dude. Those things look gangster, dude. Oh, they're so crazy. And even in person, I was like, no way. And I, I fell in love with the look of those wheels on that car. And I have the original 40 horsepower. It's not the original one for the car, but I have an original 40 horsepower motor that came with the car that I was going to do up and, and and put in the car and make it clean and fancy. And I was like, how the hell do you put a 40 horsepower no, motor no. in the back of this car on an 1810? And I was like, just can't do that. That's nope. dumb. So I was like, 
all right, I guess we're starting to steal parts from the Mark One. <laughs> yeah, dude, it, d- it deserves <laughs> the Type Four power. And so, what size is that? What size is the motor that's in there? It's a it's a one point eight. Nice. So, but the, the bottom end torque on those on those Type Fours, man, are uh, they've they've got some yeah. ground. I mean, look, my the one that I had, I had a twenty six hundred my Gia, and I kept it pancake. I'm going to be building another Type Thirty Four coming up here. And that one, that one will have a pancake motor as well, another probably two point nice. six liter. But man, nothing like a big burly Type Four in the back, man. They just got that bottom end grunt, man, that pushes those cars. Oh, that yeah, that it, grunt's awesome, and it's on it's on uh, Weber forty fours. Yeah. So it you know it, it's got some card to it, and it, uh, it just sounds amazing. And with the vintage speed exhaust, it's just it's unreal how it sounds and drives and performs. It's it's awesome. Yeah, no, that that, that thing but, looks legit. So that so what's the so what's your goal for this car? When when do you plan to debut this car? Uh, I want to take it to our show up here, the Woodburn uh, Bug In Show. Yeah. Uh, first of June, first weekend of June. So the idea is to try and get it done um, and on the road and driven down to that show here in a couple weeks or so. And so Woodburn is what is it the first June first or the first weekend? So it'd be like the seventh eighth. It's the first weekend of June. I don't have the date offhand. Okay. Well, yeah, because the DKP show, that, so that first weekend of June, the 31st, May 31st is um, Friday is the DKP meet, and then the first is Saturday uh, where they're going to oh, have okay. Octo and all that stuff. And then it starts the whole, what is it, like 10 days of VW events to Prado. So, yep. so, so no Prado for you this year? No, I, I started, I, I mean, you know, I, I have the VW meets this thing going which takes a ton of time but i also just like you have a day job i'm a, a general i work for a general contractor project yeah. superintendent it's about a 50 55 hour a week job oh yeah i just started a new company so i didn't feel comfortable i actually just started with them today funny enough yeah so i didn't i didn't feel right and comfortable to start in today and go oh you know by the way the you know the couple weekends after the memorial day weekend you know i need you know, four days off. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let me ask you, you know, you've worked for a GC. So you've hired other people before to work for you. And how many people have you hired that have said, Hey, by the way, I got a vacation. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, you just can't do that. Like the day one, but Hey, like in three weeks, I need four or five days off to go to California. And we're like, yeah, right. Dude. Yeah. No, way? no, I hear you. Well, that's so cool. I opted to not take, not take the chance to upset, you know, what pays the bills. Yeah you know, to go down and, and hang out. I, I truly, I want to badly. Um, I had an awesome time the last time, but it just didn't work out in the cards this year. Well, you know, at least people get to hear you on the podcast. Now they'll get to hear you. They'll be there in spirit and uh, maybe, uh, are you going to the great Canadian bug in? What's that now? Do you, are they doing a great Canadian bug in this year? I would assume that they are. Yeah. Do you go to that show? I haven't, but I think we are this year. Yeah, cool. Maybe, yeah, I might like to. I might like to try to hit that. Hit that show. It looks like it's August ninth, tenth, and eleventh. And right now, because of this, uh, because of the podcast now, my 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 calendar is filling up, man. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if you heard. I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go for a land speed record over there for a double cab with a big block uh, Type Four motor, and I'm gonna go for that in September. And uh, that's, oh, damn, that's awesome. That's gonna be up in. Well, that's gonna be up in. Um, in, in the Bonneville salt flats, but it's like, as I'm doing the podcast, I'm kind of opening up getting deeper and deeper into stuff. It's like, I really, I've been wanting to go to the great Canadian bugging for a long, long time. Jeff and those guys up there are just legit dudes. I've met them several times, at the VW classic, and I've always threatened to come up to that show. 
And it's like one of these days I got to do it. And who knows, maybe, maybe if uh, timing works out right, maybe this year I'll get to do it. I don't know. Uh, right now my, my summer's filling up quick, but, um, that's kind of the hard part. You start getting into, you know, things that start taking a bunch of time. It's like, oh, shoot. Oh, yeah, and then work Instead deadlines. plan that out a little further. <laughs> yeah, work deadlines. And then you get work deadlines like, well, I can't leave because I'm in the middle of this big project. And, you know, last thing I want to do yep. is get a bunch of phone calls about why aren't you here? You must not care. You know what I mean? And it's funny because, <laughs> you know, some people, it, it's, it's, an, it's, it's even if you're accessible and people can get to you and get the information, they still give you that guilt of, like, why are you not there babysitting yeah. something? So. Well, that's awesome, man. So I'm stoked to see this car um, moving along and getting on there. I think it's a gangster. You're putting 18s on it because uh, um, I'm a big wheel and a VW guy, and I've been running 17s since uh, 2000. So uh, it's I've always been uh, I've always been busting chops on all my buddies with their 15 inch wheels because what's so fun, you know, my opinion, the 17 inch wheel, 17s, 18s, 18s are a touch big and make those work, man. It's work. You're getting close. You're getting close. But that 17, 18 yep. inch wheel diameter, it fits the wheel arc perfectly. Oh, it's so it's so money. I, in the rear, especially the front. Yeah. The front's close, but I've I've been running 17s also for the last you know five six years. I, I prefer them. I, I don't I, honestly, if I'm being pers- personally honest, I'm not a 15 inch wheel guy. Yeah. I, I think I think they look good in the front. Yep. I don't think they fit the back wheel arch very well at all. No. You know, when you have that much tuck up front and you got basically no tuck in the rear, you know, it looks it looks a little off personally for my taste. Yeah. I mean, obviously a lot of dudes run it and they love it, that's great. But I've always been a seventeen inch guy at no intentions or no intentions of landed eighteen tens or eighteen sevens on yeah, the front 18, of this eight, one, that, but it worked out. That's some Texas size steak you're eating right there. That's a <laughs> that's a big deal <laughs> to make that work, man. And it's I mean, it's gonna be work, but the payoff, if you can get the car to sit right and it looks good. I mean, it, I, already from the pictures I see in the back wheels, man, it looks gangster boogie. I dig it, man. So, um, I appreciate it. Yeah, keep keep doing what you're doing, man. And uh, so so what what do Always. we see next for uh, for uh, loose nuts out there? What's what, what's what's on the agenda? What's on the plan? You're just gonna keep doing what you're doing. You got a couple of new things coming up, or or what's happening? Right now, I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I mean, it, it's 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 working great. I love it. Um, I still love building the safaris. I still love what I'm doing. Um, I love that the people love what I'm doing, you know, in terms of the customers, they're happy. Um, you know, I, I, I really, the sky's the limit, but at the moment I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing and happy with where I'm at. And uh, you, you know, so just kind of stay that way. Then right now your free time is spent moving windows cause you've got plenty of orders to fill and you're, you're, are, let me ask you this. Are you surprised at how many people want these windows? Oh, yeah. I had, I was truly, I'm still amazed at how many people actually want them. You know, my wife and I had talked many times, going, I mean, how long do you think this will go? I mean, it's it's just a damn window and a bug. And, right. you know, how many people are actually going to want this? And, and then, you know, you, you kind of start moving out, and it's like, okay, so, you know, like, you you sent them all over the world. It's like, well, I have one there. It's like, well, now people over there are seeing them. They yep. want them, and it's just getting, it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, and you know, it gets to the point now. It's like we're, you know, I I shut the website down and, and I don't take any more orders. And I I still do have you know family <laughs> stuff. You know, I, yeah, I do have a uh, you know a grandson now. You know, so I want to congratulations. Send 
So I appreciate it. Best thing ever. You think kids are awesome? <laughs> Have a grandkid. It's, oh. it's truly amazing. Well, I'm, but, uh, I'm sure it's not far off for me, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> that's what I hear, man. I hear it's even better than having kids because you get to have all the fun and none of the responsibility. None of the responsibility. Yeah, I just call my daughter up, hey, can you come get your son on that? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's your turn. <laughs> Mom and I are over with it. That's awesome. <laughs> but, you know, so I, and, and that's in part of what takes so long. Is I am so busy, but I still do – uh, you know, family things. I still block out a week. And like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. You know, we're, you know, we're avid snowboarders. We're, we're avid motocross riders. Yeah. You know, we like to go camping. So, you know, we spend a lot of the summer or a lot, a lot of the summer riding dirt bikes. You know, a lot of the winter snowboarding on the weekends. And you know, I still, I still take time to do the stuff outside of Volkswagen. Do I take enough? Probably could take a little bit more and a little less at a safari. Right. But I have. Uh, I feel I have a decent balance. I'm fortunate that I have probably the best wife in the world that allows me to do what I, you know, love to do, and truly doesn't give me too much grief for it. And then, you know, my kids are grown and basically gone, so you know, we're in a, a spot where I have time to do it. But I still do, you know, take time for myself. And you know, when you take time for yourself, you know that you know puts a customer. You know, maybe he's not – I'm not building his till Monday because I've spent some time with my family. But right. if you're not taking the time to spend time with your family and it's 24-7 work, yeah. then what do you really have? You right. know what I mean? You, you still got to have the love for everything. Listen, some people some people give away their whole life and realize it when they're done. You know what I mean? So yeah, no. the reality is that work-life balance is important. The fact that you've got a high demand on a product and you're and you're committed to building a quality product, people sit back and wait for that. I mean, you look at some of the stuff, you know, that Gene Berg used to do back in the day, and they want, you know, he'd say like, "Look, if you want quality, this is what it takes to get the quality, and we don't rush it, and you get it when you get it, but you're going to get the commitment to quality that we can give you." And so, I think there's, you know, the good thing is there's such a there's there's so many people out there in the VWC and that people there is a market out there that people will do will will put up with the certain criteria it's going to take to get a certain product if they know it's going to be of a certain level. You know what I mean? And so, right. Hey man, more power to right. you, man. Keep that work life balance in check. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to meeting you in person at, at one of these shows coming up one of these days. And, uh, uh, if people want, so people want to get in touch with you, um, go ahead and give me your, uh, on Instagram, you're at VW loose nuts. And then on Facebook, you're, you're at uh, the same thing. VW loose nuts. Yeah. It's just uh, VW loose nuts, LLC for the business page uh-huh. um, and then obviously you can look me up just with jeremy brooks and then i also have the group page which is just the vw loose nuts group page you know i mean that that's more just for everybody to play with i don't really keep i don't really put my business i'll post my cars and those kinds of things but i don't really use that for the business but for business stuff yeah it's instagram at vw loose nuts and and same with facebook and um facebook i i tend to spend a little more time on than instagram yeah. Why I don't know. We're older, but uh, it, probably if you're asking my daughter, yeah, yeah, it's our it's, it's our demographic you over Facebook. Yeah. So, but the the you know look, look, the funny part is the reality is you look at it and it's guy you know I'm forty I'm forty six right so I've been in this game a little while a lot of the guys are in our same age group which is like demographically when we all get to this age group. We have the time to commit to doing to, to kind of moving hobbies into a little bit of business. We yeah. also have the financial wherewithal to buy the projects that we want. 
And right. also, you know, we communicate different than the younger group. You know what I mean? So um, that's why Facebook, it's funny because Facebook is like for our demographic, but we also as business owners need to be, uh, you know, the, the great thing about Instagram and all that stuff is Instagram to me is like a little digital magazine in your pocket. You're not going to get much content. You're going to get some pretty cool pictures. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, yeah. listen, man, it's it's all the platforms that we get. It's what's made the VW scene so small. Like it's worldwide oh. and it's yeah. tiny, man. You know? So, You'd be surprised how big it is and small it is at the same time. It's it's amazing how small the VW community truly no. is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Without, it is. yeah, without question. I mean, I, I started the podcast in January and it's been downloaded in 23 countries. That's so, awesome. Congratulations yeah. for that. Yeah, no, look, I'm stoked, man. I'm stoked. I'm able to provide the platform for people like you and guys like us to be able to get out there, connect the scene on another level and get people to understand a little more backstory. Like the time that you can't take with every customer on the phone to have this conversation that we've been on the phone rapping for an hour and 10 minutes. That you can, you don't have the yeah. time to do that with fifty customers, so it's like they listen to the podcast, they get no. to know who you are, know what you're all about, and that might right. change how they feel about you or what you did, and 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 they sure. th- they'll appreciate it more because you don't have you can't do it in a thirty second elevator pitch. You know what I mean? No, you can't. Well, it's not possible. Well, Jeremy, man, I'm I'm glad I got you on the podcast, man. We got to learn a lot about you. I mean, I dig it. I dig your story. I dig what you're doing. I think it's awesome. I look forward to, like I said meeting you in person and uh, anytime you got anything new coming out hit me up we'll get you on the podcast for an update of what you got happening and i look forward to uh you know seeing your car debut and seeing seeing that that big bad daddy with the 18s roll out that's gangster boogie <laughs> i like it man right, right on brother appreciate well, it well cool man well thanks for coming on the podcast and we'll talk to you again all right brother all right man have a good one all right thanks Thank you,